Welcome to Folk Tales, a podcast series for anyone who loves spending time on, in or by the water. I'm Dominic Zamet, Director at Boat Folk, and throughout this series I'll be speaking with guests from our coastal communities to hear their stories and to learn what life on the water means to them. Today we hear from Mike Townsend and Jess Alden at East Cows Marina. Mike and Jess have been speaking with Dr. Camilla Hickish about her experience of working with the Ella MacArthur Cancer Trust following successful treatment for lymphoma in 2010. Camilla shares what it was like being first diagnosed at the age of just 15 and what working with the Trust has meant for her. Let's hear what Camilla had to say. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to this Boat Folk podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Townsend. I'm the manager of East Cows Marina. Uh, and I've been uh, here for a long time. Uh, and I have with me Dr. Camilla Hickish, who, uh, who we're going to talk with. And I also have with me Jess Olden, who's uh, the assistant manager at East Cows Marina. And at East Cows Marina, we have had the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust with us just over 10 years now as tenants and our local charity. And so without further ado, I'd like to allow Millie, as we're going to call her now rather than doctor, to uh, introduce herself and just talk us through her early life. Hi there. Yeah, really excited to be on the podcast today. Yeah, so I've been involved with the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust for about 11 years now. And that first sort of came about because I was involved as a patient straight out of treatment for cancer when I finished in 2010. It all sort of started when um, I was a very healthy child all the way through childhood, um, grew up in East Sussex and had been doing a lot of sport when I was about 15 and noticed that I just couldn't keep up with my friends anymore. Um, I was meant to be running and swimming and I just couldn't keep up. And I thought, well, okay, a bit short of breath, must try harder, must train harder. And then I started to notice that I was getting a bit sore in one of my shoulders um, and I couldn't do front crawl and swimming anymore. Thought, okay, that's a bit weird. Go to a physio after putting it off for quite a few months. And they said, okay, well, have you noticed you've got a big lump in your neck? So, okay, that's weird. Went to the GP the next day. The GP took one look at it and said, you need to go into hospital now. Still no alarm bells were ringing. I thought, oh, it's a pulled muscle. And we spent 12 hours in the children's ward at Eastbourne Hospital and I had a scan and still thinking nothing of it. Was still a bit anxious about the fact I wasn't getting back to school and needed to be keeping up with my lessons. And they took me into a side room that evening at six o'clock. And I can remember the doctor sat me down and just said, Camilla, we think you have lymphoma. I didn't know what that was. And my first question was, is that cancer? I could tell it was quite serious from the way she was talking to me. And I said, yes. And my second question was, can you treat it? Um, They said, yes, we think we can. And it just, it's, I think people say it to describe these events, but my world just fell apart. I'd gone from being a fit, healthy 15-year-old. You think you're invincible at that age. I still think I'm invincible now. But you just suddenly had your life as you planned it ripped out from underneath you. And suddenly you're on this conveyor belt and I was transferred up to London. I had more scans. I had surgeries. They diagnosed me fully, which was with um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I started on chemo within about two weeks. And 
as many people I'm sure listening to the podcast will be aware, um, having had experiences personally with cancer or with through friends, it takes over your life and it changes you as a person. You, I lost my fitness, I lost my hair, I struggled to keep up both with my friends at school and outside of school. And yeah, and I finished treatment after three months, which was great, but life wasn't quite the same. I was very anxious, I was very withdrawn. And then six months later, I thought it was going well, but they told me the cancer had come back. So I needed more, stronger treatment. I had to have chemotherapy and radiotherapy this time. It was longer. And I came out of it at the end. I'd gone from being able to run great distances quite fast to barely being able to walk from the car to the front door because I was so, so weak. And this is at the point that um, the Ellen MacArthur Trust contacted me and it couldn't have come at a better time. So how long had you been in treatment? What was the sort of period between the start of all that So I was diagnosed in March of 2009 um, at 15 years old and then finished treatment that June, had six months of relative what I thought was remission, we thought was, you know, the end of it all, and then re-diagnosed in January 2010 and finished in June 2010. And and then it was almost immediately that the Ellen MacArthur cancer draft got hold of it. Yeah, it was, I think I was two weeks post-treatment. I just finished my radiotherapy. I just had my central line taken out, I think the week before by some stroke of luck. So you were still presumably wondering how well that treatment had gone? A huge fear was that it was going to come back again. So then they contacted you and then were you then almost immediately off on the trip? I was contacted by one of the click sergeant representatives at the Royal Marsden who said there's this fantastic sailing charity. They take young people who finish their treatment in recovery um, from cancer and you can go on a four day sailing trip with lots of other young people who've been in a similar situation At the time, it was in the Isle of Wight. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's a bit nerve wracking, but I think it sounds good. Never sailed before, never been on a boat before. Were they encouraging you to do it or did you need encouraging? How did that? uh, And what about your folks? Were they sort of up for it? I think um, I don't think I needed much encouraging. I think it sounded like a great opportunity. My parents have always been very go on, get out there, go and do it. And they'd, I mean, my whole family and friends have been phenomenal through treatment, but there's an element of you do also feel quite isolated and you feel quite worried about putting um, stress on your family by being sick. But they were super, super keen for me to get involved. Okay. And so then you went on your first trip and how did that go? I remember turning up at the time it was, I think we were moored, the boats were being moored at UKSA. And I remember turning up and there were sort of several dozen other young people and some looked like me with with no hair, but a lot of people just looked like normal other teenagers. And it felt initially, I was very apprehensive. I don't think I spoke much on that first day. I was very shy and withdrawn. But there's something about getting in a big group of people and you get involved with lots of team games and then you get to the boats and you get shown around the boats and you settle down in the evening and you have a hot chocolate and you play some Uno. And suddenly the conversations start talking and you get this peer support that isn't really something you can replicate in a hospital maybe or in a school with people who haven't been through the same experiences. And I found that by the end of the week, not only was I talking more, not only did I feel more confident around the boat and just enjoyed getting out on the water, but I felt like I had this sort of, okay, well, that person is five years post-treatment and they look really well. And that person is 10 years and, you know, you see a future. And I don't think that was something I could see before I went on the trip. And I bet you make some good friends through 
because you've all been through the same experiences as well by doing trips like that yeah definitely yeah still in contact with quite a few people from from my first trip and from subsequent trips today and yeah it is you do just feel like this big group of people who yeah okay this this horrible thing happened to you as a child or as a teenager but actually it doesn't define you and you're still going on and you're managing to achieve things and and excelling almost because of it in some ways. I was going to say, do you think that, I mean, it's inevitable, I guess, but, the, you know, those experiences must have, you know, pushed you in a different direction or a, or a slightly just, a, you know, made you into a slightly different person. I'm guessing a better person probably for it. I think in some ways it does give you a bit of clarity about life and does maybe push you in a positive direction. But also, I don't know whether it's all, you know, it, it's not all positive. I very much acknowledge that I am privileged to have not had significant side effects from my treatment in terms of I didn't have to have massive surgery. I don't have significant health impacts to this day. But what I did have was very significant mental health impacts. And that took a very long time to get over. And that is in the reason I got over it or or I, I improved with it is in no small part due to the Anna MacArthur Cancer Trust, because it gave me that thing to focus on each summer to go back. I'd see other people. And I'm sure your listeners are aware, you know, uh, can appreciate that just being out on the water does the most wonderful thing to the mind. And you feel a hundred miles away from hospitals. You feel a hundred miles away from a hospital bed being sick. And even if it's just four days, it does something magical. I can't explain it. I can't distill it down, but it does give you something to focus on. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's the, the reason our business exists, quite honestly, because, I, I mean, it's definitely my therapy. And, you know, I, as a family, go away for a couple of weeks a year and, and always, you know, that's kind of family group therapy, but it works. You know, not only is it something to look forward to, but then it also seals relationships and, and, and also, you know, gets your mind in a better place for when, for when you come back. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we can all sort of, yeah. you know, understand that. Jess definitely, definitely does it. Jess does round the island for therapy. I think you, you can't ever have a bad day on the water. Not really. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure I've had the odd. You can feel a little seasick, certainly. I've been yeah. there a few times. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And I hope, I hope to keep doing it for a long time. And, so, and, oh, go on, Jess. Oh, no, I was going to say, so you did the first trip and then you kept coming back year on year and you've being around the island during the race as well yes I think I've done three round island races now so my next trip was actually the round island race and I don't think we got all the way around that year I think it was quite it was one of those very very bumpy years and people started getting a bit sick so we thought it was best to turn back and and enjoy some quieter water um, which turned out to be a very good decision and then, yeah, so I've, I've done the Round Island race a few times. I did it this summer, um, which was which was great fun as part of the sort of test event for the for the trust, sort of coming back from COVID and seeing how how the trips are going to work. And now that we've you know we've obviously had this year off, how can we make it work within the bounds of sort of COVID safety? But yeah, it worked really well, and I'm going from there. And then you're going to use your current experience a little bit in future trips, or have you done that already? So I was, yeah, I, I'm a trip medic at the moment. So that my first trip medic was actually this this summer. Previously, I'd been a graduate volunteer and sort of crew leader from about 2012 up to this year. And now I'm sort of three years qualified of being a doctor. And it's great fun to actually have gone from being 
uh, a young person fresh out of treatment and then and then working my way through and I think it's one of one of the things I'm most proud of where I enjoy the most is that I can come back and be be the medic be a really integral part of each trip that you're on it's amazing really and then away from I mean, being a doctor clearly it, it keeps you busy so away from the Ellen Carpet Camps Trust what other sort of hobbies and stuff are you managing to do at the moment so a lot of running when I can, something that I'm very lucky to have been able to get back to from a fitness point of view. And you rode horses from a young age? Yeah, been very lucky to ride. My family has had horses, so I've been very lucky to ride. And Perfect. And then, and then at some point you got involved in the Magnolia Cup. Yes. Yeah. So in 2018, I was approached by Cancer Research UK asking very excitingly if I'd like to take part in the Magnolia Cup, which is a race, uh, a flat race taking place at Goodwood for women from all walks of life um, who have ridden before, but haven't been jockeys before or trained as jockeys. And they basically take them and they train them up to become jockeys. And then you race in this big race in front of of 25,000 people at Goodwood and when I when I sort of took up the opportunity I thought oh that sounds great fun you know that'd be you know it's just sitting on a horse and galloping for five furlongs I was completely uh, (laughs) I underestimated it it's the difference is stark I have so much respect for people who do that now as a job because I have never been so exhausted in my life I felt like I was going to cough up a lung when I came over the finish line (laughs) that must have been amazing having that many people watching you as well it was extraordinary. Yeah, it was like nothing I'd ever done. And yeah, so they're in their eighth year now of doing this Magnolia Cup. And uh, I think it's raised 1.2 million for charities. And that year it was for cancer research. So it felt quite a, yeah, quite an extraordinary thing to do, but a great fun. Simply not a little terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think I think my mother sort of watched through the gaps in her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, uh, the adrenaline rush was, I can see why people get addicted to it. Much like with sailing, once you get that bug, it's very difficult to, uh, yeah, to shake off. So can, going forwards, can you see yourself doing much more sailing? Are you planning on doing more trips with the Trust and up the Largs as well? Yeah, definitely. I've, um, so I've got my trip dates for next summer. Um, so I'm going to be doing a, a week of sailing with an over-18s group of, group of young people. And is everything more or less back are they planning on having everything sort of more or less back to normal for next year yeah I, th- I think so I think it very much depends on which way the the tide is going but but hopefully you know with vaccinations with sort of hopefully reducing disease numbers it'll be better but I think it's been so difficult for young people going through treatment in the last 18 months I think I don't know how how you deal with that in the midst of a pandemic um, and so many young people even post-treatment have been shielding so they they've had this support network ripped from them and then what the trust could usually provide with a sailing trip wasn't there but the trust has been so phenomenal at doing this sort of virtual summer in 2020 and now this year getting back to trips supporting people because the most important thing is that peer-to-peer support and the trust has kept that going so yeah actually having we had several trips this summer um, but having even more next summer uh, would just be incredible and yeah I'd love to get to Largs I'm I'm London based at the moment so yeah, no, Largs is a long way away, isn't it? Yeah. Are you are you just doing that one the one trip in the summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. one trip for now? And yeah, any other ways I can support the trust is great. I, I like Southampton Boat Show and like sort of going to support the doing the trust tent at Carfest and things. So any any opportunity. 
well, they've got a lot of events on, haven't they? And yes, yeah, they're very busy. The extra charity, sporting events. There. I see they've got a cycle from, I think, is it Land's End to John O'Groats? Mm. Yeah, they, they've got lots going on. I watched, uh, I think yesterday I managed to dig out a, a video, I think, of you being interviewed. I think you were at the Yacht Haven, but either just before or just after doing a Round the Island <laughs> a very small Millie rabbiting on but it was very funny actually uh, oh, and, and I think presumably that uh, Ellen MacArthur was, was there wasn't she presumably you've, you've met her a few times now over the years yeah um, and she's she's absolutely fantastic and you can see her her passion for the trust just shines through and all she you know the way she talks about it but yeah what she's set up has just you know it's gone from strength to strength and I've never I've been involved in a few sort of charities over the year and I've never seen, you know, one like this just just go, keep going, keep going. And, and no matter how big it gets, you always feel welcome. Every time I come back to East Cows, I feel so welcome. And it's just this wonderful, big, friendly organisation. And, you know, people... Um, People really look out for each other. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Well, you must yeah. make your number with us when you come down this time. Warn us that you're coming. And, yes, yeah. Yeah, we can uh, we can have I an extra big welcome. In person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> make, yeah. Not not yeah, crazy Zoom meeting. Millie, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Yeah, I will look forward to seeing you in the summer. And uh, thanks very much for podcasting with us. And maybe we'll catch up in the summer and, uh, and you know, do a little additional podcast. We could go and podcast from a boat. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fantastic. Look forward to it. Brilliant, Millie. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed listening to Millie's story and that you join us for the next episode of Folktales soon. 